Stella Studio presents The Beetle Episode 1 Monks the Mist Right, it's Ruben is it on? Oh, yep, it is working. Great, uh, right, you can leave now. Ugh, rude. I wanted to listen. I guess I'm not your favourite. You weren't Dad's favourite either. Right, now, shoo, I need to start my new project. Fine. Call me if you want me to help. I'll be out. Right. Hi. Uh, <clears throat> Hello. My name is Elijah. I have no reason to tell this to the recorder, but my name is definitely Elijah. This is for my own personal project, I guess. Um, well, I, I wanted to document what I find in my... 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 My grandpa... My grandpa died a few months ago. It was sudden. Me and my brother got his lighthouse. Um, my, my mother said he had a lot of interesting things in here. I was never allowed in here when he was in England. Uh, when he came here. Borden. Borden is a little seaside town on the south coast. Next to the city I live in. I live in Hove. I think Borden is the smallest village I know. It's only got 57 residents. Well, 56. Right, right. En enough of the sad mumbo-jumbo. Um, <laughs> I, I, I should stop. Right, it's on again, I think. So, I'm outside the lighthouse. It's big. There's a sign above the door that says Cody, Codio Petra Phantasma, uh, 1895. It's rusty. Um, the door is big. Ev everything's big. Yes, um, it, it's cold. I, I should just... Dark and echoey, there's a door on the floor. A hatch? I, I think it's a basement. Oh. There are a lot of books. Books and paper. Dust. God, how's it? Hi, I'm. I probably sound weird talking to a quarter like this, but it helps, I guess. 
it's a bit spooky down here. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm in the basement. It's very small. There are a lot of things down here. I I forgot what they're called. Stuffed dead animals. Either way, it's weird. There are a lot of cases of butterflies in as well. Or are they moths? You know what? It reminds me of a camp I always went to in the summer break. Camp Estes. There's a hallway in one of the cabins. It had the heads of dead animals and, and a wall of insects. Creep me out. But I never exi- Oh! Yes, uh, the, the word was taxidermy. Uh, anyway, um, I never exactly thought they were real. I mean, I just thought it was very realistic stuffed animals. Antiques. I guess I know why it always smelled like chemicals in that cabin. Uh, I'm, I'm getting off track. I'm, yes, hold on. I looked more into the papers. They are statements? Well, it's what the sheet says. They're all printed, it seems. With a stamp on the file cover with a beetle on. Around the stamp it says the beetle of paranormal oddities. My grandpa was a paranormal therapist? I thought he was just skeptical of everything. God, it makes more sense now. Uh, right. I want to read these. You can't just give me an entire library of spooky stories and think I won't read them. <laughs> so, right. This is confidential information curated and stored by the Beetle of Paranormal Oddities Incorporated. This should only be distributed with sister organizations, the Jackal, the White Ball Institute, um, Tanin no Kao Enchi, the Biblioteca de lo Paranormal, and other small groups we're associated with. Huh. This is... I'm guessing this is international. Sounds like it. Tanin no Kao, probably... Eastern. I definitely recognize Biblioteca, that's library in Spanish. So, perhaps a spooky Spanish group? I don't know where the jackal or the white bull is. I'll look it up after this little reading. So, now, I think this is from someone. Uh, Christopher James Days. Writing to the agency due to his experiences with the dead and how they crept into his life. In addition, the experiences of a being that killed without physical contact. Hmm. Right. Let's begin. Hello, my name is Christopher J. Dates. It's already jotted down on the sheet you gave me. But I suppose it's just good to reassure you that this name indeed belongs to me. I've had a lot of run-ins with the paranormal. I myself would accept the title of medium or psychic. 
though I don't exactly pride myself on those meaningless words. What I'm getting at here is that I can see those who have long since passed away. It has been a sixth sense of sorts since 2014, or even prior to that. Everything is hazy and difficult to remember. Once the strange melds and blends with your life, it creates new normal. Well, now that I've cleared that up, why did I bring such a small concept to this place? If you did ask yourself that, then allow me to give you an answer. It's not just the deceased. I see people that are so very close to death, on the threshold just waiting to tip over into the afterlife. The apparitions that I see are faded, a memory blurred by time and the sweet embrace of death and decay. But people are clear. People, living, almost tangible people, are here. They're not a memory long past, but a concept and action of the whole being. The dead are nothing more than a trace, an imprint, if you will. But people who are close to death, they usually appear to me as shifting, writhing things, their bodies convulsing between life and death. Yet the blur is slowly developing their body with each pulsing beat. I knew people who slowly but surely faded into nothing more than a husk awaiting their fate. I've seen it happen countless of times in the past. So many lives I once knew fade out and die. That's it, I guess. Then they become a memory that I can only see in the back of my godforsaken mind. Now, why I'm actually here. I'm not here to talk about myself. Well, I am. Just... I have more to tell. I work at a bookshop in Meeting House Lanes. Have you heard of Brighton and Hove Books? It's a quaint little store. We only have one floor worth of books, and you obviously would know how small shops are around here. Despite the lanes being so very busy, the bookstore is always quiet. It makes it more easy to work. Not a lot of people tend to read books anymore. It's all online now. We normally get people who are on the elder side than young. I've seen some kids come in and ask if we store manga, but we don't. It's classic and local books we sell. The time I wish to talk about today was a couple of days ago. It was my shift to set the till and await customers to buy their books. It was early morning, about 8am on a Sunday. I had a good view of the store. The till is perfectly in line with the shelves. But I wasn't exactly paying attention to the people in the store. I had my own interest in a book. I believe it was a Dostoevsky novel. Though that doesn't exactly matter, does it? I heard the door open. It's quite creaky and it's hard to open, so it's obvious when someone enters. They were a woman. About 30 to 40. She was thin. Not sickly thin, but, well... I'm not really one to make judgments on body types, but she was treading onto the more unhealthy side of thin than just normal thin. Her hair was graying, though still brown in colour, and she was wearing a blue dress. After I acknowledged her, I went back to my book, though I kept scanning the room just in case someone were to approach. <clears throat> I noticed the door open once again. 
I didn't expect the person to step in looking like what they did. You see, I've never seen this kid before. I mean, I don't exactly try to memorise customers when I'm on shifts. But she was definitely not someone I have ever seen around where I work. Right, yeah. Who was she? The kid was young. Likely 14 to 16. Petite and rather edgy. I mean, she was wearing all black, ripped jeans and a plain shirt. Somewhat heavy gothic makeup. Her hair wasn't black. I think it was dark brown. It was really hard to tell. Well, I couldn't tell because of her presence. What I mean by this is that she was shifting. But it was so very fast. Like the blur of the dead was developing her whole body and then going back to being normal. Alive. She was going through the cycle of life over and over and over again. She seemed to drift over to the thriller and crime section. I looked over at the other people at this point. The blur made my head ache. I think she was looking through the books. Couldn't tell. The pulsing of the blur in my peripheral was very, very, yeah. It was just hard to see what she was doing. So a person came over and had bought a book. I'd done the usual. They bought the book and went to leave. I wasn't able to watch them open that door. The girl moved in the way. She moved slowly. I think her hand brushed against every book she walked past. Perhaps it was just the muffled aura. The old woman was flipping for a book. It was a book. It was John Steinbeck. Uh, the Pearl. I don't exactly why I remember it. Why do I remember it again? I think I just found it funny. I don't exactly remember the whole morals of the book. I think it had something to do with evil. Was it greed? I forgot. The old woman was stood still. Other than her hand gently turning the page. It was three times. Three pages come and pass in her vision. The girl had approached her. She made her measured, unhurried walk, brushing by the back of this woman. The stranger was developed by the pulsing haze. She was obscured from my sight. The smear in my vision hurt. It was so loud. The beating had seeped through the mute to deafen me. I closed my eyes. It ceased. I then opened my eyes again, looked at the woman. She stared at her book. A lifeless look in her eyes as she toppled over. Her stiff body turned into a jerking and convulsing subtle smudge on the floor. The haze still covering her. But it only left a stinging feeling in my mind. I had immediately turned to the phone on the desk. Dialed 999. 
I got told to try and assist her, but, but I couldn't hear how they told me to. The connection wasn't good between the lines, so I stood there, helplessly watching this woman spasm on the floor, not even noticing the girl that had done this. Well, I think that had done this. You see, it's never sudden. I know it isn't. Death is gradual when I see it. Even when people die in sudden ways, I can see it will happen weeks before it comes to pass. I've never seen this happen before, and that's why I believe this girl was the cause. This girl was death, and I couldn't bear to look her in the eye, in fear that the halo would be upon me next. I hadn't felt fear in a long time. But I guess this is how it all came back. That dreadful fear of my own mortality now that I know people like her exist. The ambulance had arrived after 20 minutes. Took her away. I had only noticed then, when the first responders came, that the girl was gone. On my desk. There was a tenor and a note. I brought it to you. Book was the wheel spins. You were busy. Edie. I couldn't find out what book she took. My guess was the wheel spins by Ethelina White. Probably was. I found out after a few days that the woman died. Didn't even get her name. I found out after a few days that the woman died. Lucky me. She suffered a seizure and then a heart attack. The heart attack happened the day after she was put into Nuffield. I didn't know her, so it didn't put any impact on my life, other than watching her suffer on the floor. I haven't seen that kid again. I'm quite glad, actually. Wouldn't want to see anyone else fall to her to the hands of death herself but there probably are way more like her out there all i can say is that i'm more scared of people than i was before can't see my own fate it isn't strange but i guess the messenger has to be shot down someday right i do hope this helps with your investigation into anomalies i speak from my heart here and if I must, I will swear on the Bible to prove this story happened. Just contact me if you need additional proof. The cameras were active at the time and I think I caught most, if not all, of what happened. You should keep an eye out. Stay safe, Mr Hyde. Well, that was... I don't think this could, well, no one can kill anyone without the, well, no one can kill anyone with their mind or something, and I, I suppose I can believe the whole medium thing, somewhat anyway. My friend, Bree, she says she's a medium, she can see the beyond and whatnot. I don't exactly believe it, but like, I have to pretend to for her. I mean, anyone can be anything, but I don't exactly think that people can see ghosts.
ghosts don't exist. Negative energy does, but not ghosts. I'll see if this stuff is an actual thing. Might go digging. Hell, might go and find this Christopher guy myself. Ask him. Don't want to seem like a creep, so if I do, I'll bring the files. And he said Hyde. He was addressing my grandpa. Her and Jay Hyde. I mean, of course he would. I guess this is his library of his stuff. Work. This is all his. Huh. Maybe. Maybe. Oh god, this is going to take forever. How many years of work is this? I'll go and look for some other stuff. Find something interesting and bring it to this little project. Now, how do I stop this? Today's episode was written and directed by Michael Holton and Kylie Reddy. It was edited and produced by Kyung Ho Mei, and the music was written and performed by Cecil Madisons. In today's episode, it stars Michael Holton as Elijah J. Winfrey and River Aldridge as Reuben A. Winfrey. Thank you for watching The Beetle. Hello, Michael here. Thank you for listening to The Beetle. We've been working on this for a while and we really appreciate the help and support we've gotten. A big thanks to our team, that meaning editors, writers, and even minor parts, for creating such an amazing first episode. A big, big special thanks to Cecil Madison's and River Aldridge. This is because they helped with voice acting and Cecil also helped with writing the music and performing it, obviously. So yeah, thank you two so much. And a very, very big special thanks to our editor, May. If it wasn't for May, we wouldn't have come so far in this show. I wouldn't have been able to write and produce it without her help, so thank you. If you'd like to find updates on The Beetle, you can go to some social medias in the description. We don't have an official account yet for the podcast, but we are trying to get one, so yeah, go to those. And obviously, share our podcast to friends, families, pets, monsters, and other such beings that are capable of hearing. This has been Michael. Bye.